RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, my friends. It's a Friday morning. It means it's Duffified Live. And as you guys know, we took last week off because I was uh, away. Uh, I was away for the last couple of weeks, actually. I've been away. Man, I've been away since March, um, which is just pure craziness uh, because I feel like all I've been doing is running, which is awesome. That's that's what I do. That's what I thrive for. It's what I live for. So, um, uh, just everything from this is going to be a, a quick sh- a show. I just wanted everybody to kind of uh, know that I haven't taken off. Um, we've had some good good shows. I think our last guest was uh, Nicole Kelly. Um, so we've had a lot of fun. And uh, no, I'm sorry, we did Russido last week. What am I talking about? Or two weeks ago, we had Russ on from uh, Johnson and Wales. So, uh. I have been literally just kind of all over the world. I went from Africa into the Middle East and uh, then back home for a little while. I quickly went and was on vacation. I was down in West Palm. Uh, I had to shoot a commercial for something fun that uh, is going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, I did that that super fun commercial for Stuffs, the uh, burger stuffer. But I was approached by the company again. They had a new product and a new idea. So we kind of coddled it a little bit. We put it together and we had a little bit of fun with it. Uh, so that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Trust me, I will tell everybody about it. I totally yawned. I totally yawned because I spent uh, 14 hours yesterday in the kitchen with, uh, with the crew uh, down here in North Carolina. But I'll get into that in just a second. Uh, so there may be another yawn or two, uh, because it's been a long couple of days, man, it's been a long six months. So, uh, went down to West Palm and then down to the Outer Banks, uh, which is probably my, one of my most favorite places in the world. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to lie and, uh, and tell you that it's like super bougie or any of that. This is like down and dirty, man. You know, we got a great little house. It's right on the water, on the sound. It's pretty far down there. Um, there's like no people around. So it's like the perfect vacation spot because uh, there's still civilization and all that stuff. But there's not like one of the things that I hate the most about going on vacation is the amount of people that are everywhere. It's like I'm on vacation, man. I want to chill out. I want to sit back. I want to relax. I don't need to go crazy and go partying. I want to hang out with my kids. I want to hang out with my super cool girls and my nieces and nephews and all that cool stuff. So uh, we go down to the Outer Banks. We get a house right on the bay on the sound side. Um, so like the kids just hop in the water and totally chill out. Then we drive to the beach, which is like the world to me. Hopping in the Jeep, putting it in four-wheel drive, driving on the beach like uh, Chevy Chase on vacation with just shit hanging off the car. There's boogie boards, there's paddle boards, there's beach chairs and coolers. And uh, we get to the beach, we find our cool little spot and that's it, man. I open the doors and everybody just goes to town and we can sit there literally for hours upon hours. Um, 
And the girls and I did a little different this year because I was away uh, the week before vacation. And then, so we flew down, like I said, to West Palm, spent three days down there. The girls stayed in a hotel uh, one day and just chilled out by themselves. And it's just cool because they're 17 and 14 and they totally went walking through West Palm, like got dressed up, went out for lunch. Which I know they're like little adults at this point, but they're still my little girls. So uh, they were, they, they just kind of did some fun. You know, they walked through and chilled out and, uh, I shot all day and then came home and we, uh, uh, that was it. It was the beginning of vacation. So we, uh, flew home on Friday, got back to the house on Friday night, packed, and then left for the Outer Banks on Saturday, totally chill driving down like late on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, finally got down into the Outer Banks about 10 and uh, just totally chilled into the hotel. Uh, went swimming for a little while. Boom, boom, boom. Next morning, drove down to the house, which was this awesome house. Uh, just pretty far down out of Kitty Hawk. So we were like deep, deep into uh, the Outer Banks. So um, hung out all, down there all week. I, on Saturday, spent the whole day playing with my 13-year-old nephew, who is six foot three, I think now two or three, 13 years old, wears a size 13 shoe. And this kid and I, I think I played every sport possible. We were throwing baseballs, we we're throwing wiffle balls, we're uh, frisbee and footballs and the whole nine yards. And uh, there was this awesome kind of uh, uh, sandbar that happened directly in front of us. And it was probably, I don't know, 200 yards long. And in front of us, so as soon as we walked down into, into the water, there was like a three and a half foot like pool right there. And then that was like 10 yards wide, 15 yards wide. And then you walk up into the sandbar, which is like four inches deep. And then you go out and then it like breaks into the ocean. So literally like hanging out in our own pool for most of the day. Uh, and then I just, I, I must've used every single muscle in my body. So at the end of the day, we go home, make dinner, start cleaning up, pack up. Boom, boom. Sunday morning, we're getting ready to leave and I walk outside. Now it's 95 degrees, 94 degrees. I walk outside. I start loading the car and I'm like a master packer. Okay. I've got a tray on the back of the Jeep. The top of the Jeep was on, but like the T-tops were off. So I totally like fully packed the car. It was beautiful. Fiona's in the back seat. Emily's in the front seat. I turned the air on to get a cool breeze coming through. Cause now as we're driving, it starts turning into like, God, I don't know, 102. I think I was taking pictures of it and it was crazy. Um, I, I, I mean, it was hot, it was super hot. So we finally get back to the house. Uh, I guess we got in about eight o'clock that night. Boom. I, we unpacked a little bit. I drive the girls to their friends' houses. I go back to the house myself. I sit down. I chill out. I'm exhausted. When I was loading the car, within 10 minutes, I was dripping, like drenched, everything. Shorts, shirt, like shoes. I was sopping wet. I kept grabbing towels and wiping myself off. Didn't think anything of it. I was super hot. It was unbelievable. And I was, I was huffing it. 
I was really huffing it. I, mean, I was trying to load the car. You know, my mother's in the car in front of me. My sister's up there. Everybody's kind of weirded out, but it was a, a, just perfect, except for the fact that I was dripping wet. So we drive home. I wake up Monday morning and I can't move. I literally couldn't move. My body was like frozen. It was like my muscles were numb. I finally kind of throw my legs over the bed and I stand up for a second and kind of steady myself. I'm super dizzy. I end up vomiting. Yeah. I had heat exhaustion and I was shut down. I have never felt so completely worn down. And I was coming home from vacation. I've never felt more completely worn down in my entire life. And I have opened restaurants. I've run things. I've played in rugby tournaments and soccer tournaments. I beat the shit out of myself. So that's Monday. I spend the week kind of preparing a little bit, get some shit together. Because Saturday, I was leaving for the Crave Festival on the Pacific Northwest up in Spokane, Washington. My buddy Jeff was flying out Friday I packed pretty well most of the night, about midnight. I think I finally fell asleep, went to, I do little meditations at the end of the day. So I kind of laid down for a little bit. I, I, you know, I texted, I did sort of that. I look over and my phone's on 2%. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to pop it on the charger and listen to a meditation and go to bed. So I pop it in. I lay on the bed, listening to the meditation. Boom, I fall asleep. I had to be up by four because I had to be to the airport by by five o'clock because my flight was taken off at 6.55. Don't you know, I wake up at 6.55. I missed my flight. Couldn't believe it. Could not believe I missed my flight. I don't miss flights. I mean, I think I've missed two flights, this being one of them in my entire career of flying. And I fly, y'all know a lot. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. So my buddy, plus we, I had been upgraded the whole way out. My buddy flies first class out to Spokane, Washington. He'd let, and he's, t- he's tweeting before he takes off. I sure hope Brian makes it to the flight. I hope he makes it. American Air, the whole nine yards. So I get a later flight in the afternoon. Jeff goes out. We kind of did a deal with Lone Wolf Harley Davidson, uh, where I was gonna we we were able to ride bikes out there, um, and then you know we just kind of hung out with those guys for a little while, and uh, they uh, we rented two bikes from those guys, so we got uh, two street glides. Uh, he Jeff went out and rode out first. I didn't leave until three o'clock. I didn't land until 11, 11 o'clock on Saturday night. So Sunday morning, uh, wake up. Jeff had already done probably like a fifty mile ride, just real local around there, just kind of check out and see what was going on. And then <clears throat> I flew out, got in about eleven thirty, I guess, into the hotel, crashed. Next morning, wake up and boom, we're off. So we ended up going from just a little over 1,460 miles, I think was the final tally. We went from Spokane, Washington. Let me start to go east 
through northern Idaho into the Glacier National Park, where we rode through Glacier all the way up to the top to, uh, they have this like path that normally you can just kind of walk through and it takes this beautiful walk right up to this place called Hidden Lake. Well, it had, it snowed. I mean, look, it's, it's still kind of chilly up there. And so there was still snow on the ground. So I'm in chaps. Yeah. Like full blown leather chaps. Cause it was cold that morning and we're blowing down the highway. And now we're at the top of a mountain and it's cold again. Snow caps are up there. There's waterfalls on everywhere you look just because the water is melting and all this snow is just melting and coming down. Um, head over to uh, head up to the lake. While we're up there, we check out like a goat because there's goats up there. Now, remember, I'm in like motorcycle riding equipment. I've got chaps on. I've got like engineer boots on because I'm on Harley and I'm hiking up the side of a mountain. That, by the way, is 7,700 feet above sea level. So I'm, I've got, you know, I'm old. I'm not the thinnest of men. I've got a little breathing issue going on. So now I'm kind of like huffing it. And I'm like, screw this. I'm going to the top of the mountain. We get all the way up there and it's this expansive view of, uh, of, of this hidden lake. It's really not hidden because there was probably 500 people that were huffing it up the side of the mountain as well. But it's this absolutely stunning lake that's just up there. It was unbelievable. So kind of hung out there for a little bit, just kind of took it in and just amazing, you know, how, how, how wild this is. And I posted all these pictures. You guys probably saw them. So we're walking back down and we walk over and there's two goats there. I swear to God, one of them was pregnant. I'm not sure, but there was another goat that pissed off the pregnant pregnant goat was like fuck this i'm out of here like took off but there was like almost a goat fight like horns the whole nine yards and and, and i felt like like at any point i was going to see something from disney like animatronics or like you know and like an engine or something like running these things because you're literally you're at the top of a mountain so we uh we head along, head back down, hop back on the bikes. We come out the eastern side of Glacier National Park. And we're cutting through um, to get down into this tiny little town called Eureka. So as we hop through into Eureka, um, through, I mean, uh, from one extreme to the other, we're talking from like, like glaciers. You know, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about mountain caps that are melting, creating waterfalls. I'm putting my water bottle under these waterfalls and just sucking back water. Uh, we head out into like the desert, just the desert. Hills, green, uh, hopping along. We end up in this little tiny town of Eureka, Montana, where uh, Tim was the proprietor's name. Uh, we called him earlier. I said, hey, I need two rooms. He said, you're lucky I have two left. These awesome little cabins kind of tucked away in the side of the, the hills of uh, Montana. Now, we got in about 6 o'clock. Tim let us know there's no food, but there's a little brewery 
about a mile and a half up the road. You got to make a right turn off the main highway. So it's this logging highway that runs uh, in the middle of these mountains. Um, we hop in there, we drive, we ride the bikes up, uh, which the last thing I wanted to do was put boots on and jeans again, but I had to do it. So we hop into uh, this little tiny brewery, which there's there's like a sign. It's it, the sign. I'm not kidding. It was like 12 inches high on the side of the road, and it's an H and A brewery. So we head back into this like two mile stretch of this this back road gravel uh, location. You pull in the driveway, and we're on bikes and we're riding shitty. I I, I can't do I can't do gravel. Not at all, especially not on a bike. So if I were in the Jeep, different story. I'd have been I'd have been making dust, making trails, having a field day. But I was on the bike and it wasn't my bike. It was lonely Harley Davidson's bike. So or Lone Wolf Lonely. Lone Wolf. So <clears throat> we take this trek back to this place, which was owned by a cabinet maker. So as you pull down the driveway, you look off to the right, and there's this this classic house that was built. With like these these arcing roofs and curves and just architecturally really wild. The fence that surrounded it was like a standard picket fence, but he angled all of the pieces. So it was super creative. And then there's a brewery just popped right there. And I'm not kidding you. There were easily a hundred people there. There's like a little playground for the kids. It's all kind of fenced off inside of this brewery. You had to order food from this little truck. It was this great little pizza place uh, from, from a guy from the restaurant. His name was called Jack's, I think. And they had a pizza place outside. Now it took about an hour to get the pizzas, but the pizza was good. It was super good. I got salt and garlic crusted wings. Tasty. In the side, I was in Montana, man, two and a half miles off the main road. Beer. I had a beer. It was good. It was great, but I was too kind of dehydrated from the day to get any more. Plus I was riding and I don't drink when I ride. So I hop, we hop back on the bikes, back to the hotel, back to the room, this little cabin. I'm on my front porch. I'm totally chilling out. The sun doesn't go down until 11 o'clock at night. And I have a perfect Wi-Fi cell service directly on my front porch. Now I'm trying to talk to my children. It's late. I'm trying to talk to friends. It's late. I go, I'm like, I'm going to bed. I go into my room. I lay down on my bed. I go to check Wi-Fi. Nothing. I've got nothing. I've got no cell. I'm literally six feet from where I was before. I have absolutely nothing. So I wake up at like six o'clock, five 30 the next morning, totally chill, walk out onto the deck, slept like a rock in this crazy log cabin, sit on the front porch. And it's just absolutely stunning. These yellows and greens and reds that were coming up over the mountains were absolutely stunning. The way that the sun was hitting the trees and we were in a valley. So it was like, it was like the sun was kind of coming over top of us, but it hadn't hit us yet. So it was awesome to watch it kind of unfold on the landscape across logging trucks are going blowing past on the highway that's about 150 to 200 yards from where we were. It was awesome. It was really awesome. So uh, we then take off from there and head down south a little bit further. Uh, road, this one stretch of road, stopped at this crazy little place. Hold on. Stopped at this crazy little place in Lolo, Montana called The Jack. And 
because it's a lumberjack community, a mining or a milling community. So we pull in off of this, this road, this road, I think it was called 19. Um, we pull into low in, in low, low, hop back into this little place called the Jack. As we pull in, uh, we see the guy flipping the sign from close to open and we walk in and we're literally transformed. The bar was from like 1928. I think he said 1928 and it was an old logging community. So it was logger. Like shoes and chainsaws and saws all over the place, stuck into the wood and carved stuff. And the bar was turned, was was a whole tree that these guys built into a bar or made a bar into it. They cut little alcoves on it to fit the sinks in. It was just, it was awesome. The coolest little place. Spencer was the uh, was the proprietor there. He owned it for a while, sold it. They ran it like shit. He bought it back. I like Spencer. He was a good man. We had a good conversation with him. And then uh, we had some lunch. I had a porky. I had some JoJo's. And I had some chicken gizzards, which were pretty awesome. Uh, My buddy Jeff had a gizzard. Didn't like it. He had his own burger. Pretty great looking burger. Uh, My JoJo was pretty tasty. They were tasty. It literally was a baked potato that they cut in wedges and deep fry. It was good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, Porky was like like a pounded out. Fried pork chop that was good that I loaded up, man. I went with some ketchup and mustard and mayo and a little barbecue sauce. And hell yeah, dip that shit in ranch. Why not? I'm in the country. I got to put some ranch on there. So we ride down and we're hitting this like downgrade that was a 7% downgrade that was going back into Idaho. And uh, we hit it. And the next thing you know, there's a sign that says S curves next 99 miles. We had a 100 mile stretch of S curves through this one area. And then when we hopped out, there was like a whole nother, like 30 miles of just crazy S curves going the whole way down. And we hopped down into a little town called Lincoln, Montana, where Lincoln may seem familiar one because of Lincoln, but it's not Lincoln because Lincoln was from Nebraska, but this is Montana, but claim to fame, Ted Kaczynski, baby. This was the post office town where he mailed his shit out of. Lincoln, Montana. Stayed in a place called the Lincoln Log Hotel, which was uh, a, a feat. It was a, uh, a site to be seen. Uh, old, creaky floors, wooden. Like you walk up the steps and you hear like, <laughs> you get up onto the floor and you're walking down and I've got boots on. I put my foot down on the floor. You can feel it kind of bend from the weight and then the, the the sound of creaking wood as you're walking down. So uh, we go out to dinner, this little place called the Montana Steakhouse and had a great big fat Montana raised uh, ribeye that was awesome. Perfect for the end of the day. Uh, Rachel was our server. Rachel was unbelievable. She kind of ran all through the whole, t- all, the whole restaurant. Boom, boom, boom. She was like, she, you would have thought this kid was playing pinball. Service was awesome. It was unbelievable. We uh, head back to the hotel and kind of do like a tour. We walk out the back of the hotel and they have a bar. It was closed because it was like Monday night or something, Tuesday night. You walk out the back and there's, there's two rivers that are on either side. So they've got this little like archipelago back there, this little island in between two streams. 
uh, that was great for the first six and a half minutes because then the mosquitoes realized we were there and just ate the shit out of us. So back into the hotel, uh, Jeff goes into his side, I go into my side, and then I'm laying in bed. I'm pretty wired. I was watching a little bit of TV, and then I hear somebody talking. Now, granted, I'm in this super old hotel, man. I hear somebody talking. It's kind of going, you know, and then I hear them. They're walking down the hallway. And then they stop and I can see their feet in front of my goddamn door. Now I'm thinking this is where I die. This is where I'm going to die. I'm going to be murdered by uh, somebody with an ax and a chainsaw and they're going to kill me. And the funny part is my buddy heard the same thing in his room. I don't think he had the same morbid thoughts that I did, but I fully thought that I was going to be murdered. And you know what the worst part is? I was so tired that I didn't even like try to grab anything. I didn't get a knife. Not that I had one. I didn't get a shoe to try to hit them. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. It's my time to go, man. That's how exhausted I was. Um, Boom, wake up the next morning. I'm alive. I didn't die. I didn't get murdered in my sleep the night before. I'm super happy now. Um, We head out of there and we find this amazing place uh, that was called the Back back Door, Back Room Restaurant. The server was on fire. She was awesome. She'd worked there for 40 years. We gave her our fucked up little order. Jeff gave order two links of sausage and the, the hungry trucker man breakfast. And I got chicken fried steak and hash browns and uh, eggs. And it was just awesome. It was perfect. She didn't skip a beat. She picked every single thing up that we said. She didn't miss anything. And there's a story to this. This is, there's a reason why. So when we leave there, we hop back down, we drive, we're going crazy. We're heading to this little town of McCall, uh, which is a lake. It's an old homesteading community on top of the mountain. With a lake like right there, this massive playground. Sailboats are docked and moored and all around us. And we go into Hotel McCall and uh, quick boom, get changed, get out of our dirty, grubby shit, hop into flip flops, pair of jeans, t shirt, head out into the town for dinner, go to the seafood restaurant, which completely and utterly sucked. It was horrible. So we go from country little side of the road to uh, you know, a, a, a vacationing community at this point, million dollar homes as we're driving through, pissing people off because we're on Harleys. And we have uh, mediocre service, just like shitty service. Girl took her time. It wasn't that good. The food came, first round of food came. I got these Puget Sound oysters that were, un- they were stunning, beautiful. Caper uh, aioli that they came with was delicious. Jeff got some clams and he loved them. They were great, tasty, clean. No issues, a nice broth. I was dipping my bread in the whole nine yards. Uh, then come the entrees. Jeff got a trout. I got a halibut. I know we're in Idaho, but I was cool with that. Because the girl told us that they have fish brought in every day. Okay, cool. Great. We're going to try it. So we loved it. We get it. Rice is cold. Halibut was okay. Jeff's trout was cold. Just not good. It just wasn't good. And, and then I, I, you know, so I, I said something to the server. I have no problem saying something to somebody if it's just not right. I'm okay with that. And do you know that she doesn't even go to a manager? She just takes a fifty her 50% discount. So there's no 
communication that's moving forward. And I'm going to do all this next week. There's nothing negative about this. I want this to be a positive, really quick kind of talk with everybody. But next, but next week I'm going to get into, because I've got a whole show planned just on talking about where we are at this point and what we need to have conversation about in hospitality. And as, and, and you guys as consumers, what we can get from you guys as consumers to help this industry We've got to make some changes and we'll talk about that. I'm not going to do it right now. Next week, I want to talk about that. So uh, head out of there, kind of walk the town. Amazing little town, beautiful, on the water. Sun sets at like 945, 10 o'clock, back, totally crash, wake up the next morning, boom, take off. Amazing ride into Death Valley or Death Valley into Hell's Canyon. And the Snake River, which was unlike anything I've ever seen, it was an additional 30 or 45 miles of just S-curves along the water that was beautiful. Head out to the bottom of there through this crazy little dam that we saw that ended up going into Oregon, where we cut through Joseph, Oregon, stopped at this amazing little town at the foothills of these mountains, and went into this little place called the, uh, the, the Lucky Spur. Little Mexican guy back there crushing it, working it, having fun behind the bar. His family owns the Mexican place down the street. His uncle owns this restaurant. Service was great, super friendly. It was good. It was just absolutely perfect. So headed in from there uh, into Lewiston, which Lewiston is a funky little town, my people. Funky little town. Another bad food experience. Weird cab rides with a guy who got loaded and then his mother died a couple hours before when he got done work and he had to go to the bar. She drove him crazy. He said, but, uh, but I loved her. She drove me crazy, but I loved her. My boy was banged up where Jeff was in the back seat. I'm up in the front seat with crazy cab driver lady, not as bad as uh, fat Ted Nugent who picked us up originally, but uh, uh, fat Ted Nugent, was telling us the way he's putting other cabbies out of business uh, with his practices and how he runs a better operation than anybody because it's called Discount Cab. By the way, Lewiston is a very cute little town. We, however, stayed at a very shitty little hotel. I had a crappy hotel. I felt like I was going to hear like crackheads out back having a party. Uh, my window slid open. My air conditioning unit that, you know, the hotel air conditioning units was actually... A, a window air conditioner that they slid into that and but didn't clean up around any other side of it. So like if bugs wanted to fly in the side, they were more than welcome. Weird little hotel. I slept like a rock though because I was tired. A lot of sun that day, a lot of S-curves. My body was kind of hurting my core because of the way that we were riding. It was pretty wild. Um, boom, hop out of Lewiston, back up into Spokane where we got into Spokane in the afternoon. Um, did a little bit of a ride around. I, I had to get off the bike, checked into the hotel. Absolutely beautiful. Like I couldn't believe how nice it was. Um, yeah, just beautiful. Ended up going out to the Crave, uh, Northwest festival, uh, put on, um, out there. That was just amazing to watch. Uh, I, I'd done it last year, but I redid it again this year. 
And uh, I, it was the seafood festival the night before, uh, owned by Naomi. I can't remember her last name, and I probably shouldn't give it out anyway. Has this great restaurant called Olive and Vine. And these guys did a lobster roll on this like grilled uh, bread that was beautiful. They did a really nice job. So cheers to you, Naomi. I know you, uh, you worked your butt off to get that place open. Naomi's an old wine rep. Uh, who opened her own place downtown in Coeur d'Alene. It was a, a really cool spot. So um, uh, came back to the hotel, chilled out, so relaxed uh, from this great event that night. Woke up the next morning, boom, down into the Coeur d'Alene Casino where I got to work with uh, Chef uh, Stephen Walk. I mean, he allowed me in his kitchen uh, where I prepared, uh, he and I prepared a great meal for the night. Um, started off kind of simple. Uh, nothing too super crazy. I did a Dungeness crab samosa with a charred uh, green onion, uh, slaw, fennel, uh, slaw, not slaw, uh, crema that we did with a little bit of a huckleberry and tamarind puree with some microgreens, a little cilantro and bull's blood. And, but the, the, the Dungeness was really pretty tasty. I was very happy with it when it came out. And they couldn't find a samosa dough, so Chef made which I thought was awesome. Uh, next, so then uh, from there, we went into the second course, which I did a Chinook pho, which is a local sound to these guys from the Chinook. Uh, it's from the Chinook River out there. Uh, the Chinook Indians uh, are the owners of the casino, but I did a Chinook pho with a beautiful ginger shrimp broth um, with some rice noodles and arugula on the inside and red onions. And then I did a little bit of bacon fat on the inside of it prior to. So when we poured it, it remelted that bacon fat and made a beautiful crust of bacon fat on the top of this dish. We served it with the Chinook uh, salmon, super thinly sliced, rolled out so they can dip it right into the soup, get it at whatever temp they want because that broth was super hot with uh, a really nice shrimp that we got from the Puget Sound as well. Uh, plus I did a little bacon, some jalapenos, a little bit of Tobico and pistachios as the garnish on the side. So to kind of emulate, uh, some of the other traditional accoutrement that goes with the pho. Um, then from there, we went into a dish that I called beauty in the ginger, which was my version of a cheesesteak for the, for the Pacific Northwest. So we took a filet and charred it off and then roasted it real nice. Um, topped it off with some bone marrow butter. But what I did was when we blocked out the filet, all the leftover filet that we had, we shaved down super thin and sauteed up some sauté with some mushrooms and with uh, uh, just a little bit of salt and that that bone marrow butter to, to kind of emulate that fat from a cheesesteak. And then we put that right on top of the filet. So it was perfect. And then we did a, uh, a, a sharp provolone and pecorino romano crostini that went with that with roasted mushrooms we had some hen of the woods and we had some gnocchi and shiitakes and morels um, that were mixed into there that we just roasted off into a nice crispy roast and then i caramelized up some pearl onions and red onions made a nice little jam with it that went on the side of it so it was a nice little dish it was my version of a cheesesteak for the pacific northwest and i think it worked out really well um after that i did a dish called for the da which is for my father. My father loves blueberries and always loved blueberry pie. So I did kind of a play off of that um, where I did a puff pastry base, which I nut butter in the base of it, pine nuts and pistachios that we turned into a beautiful butter that I kind of coated the base of the puff with. And then we topped it off with this huckleberry and fig and apple compote 
uh, with just some simple syrup and uh, you know a little bit of flavor. That was it. A chopped herb put in there. It was pretty tasty. Top that off with some pistachio ice cream and uh, did a little uh, crust on the outside, uh, like a fried ice cream style, and then topped that off with uh, some some natural, some beautiful honeycomb that we had gotten in. So really nice dish. Great job with the chef. So now I'm riding the bike back from Coeur d'Alene Casino. It's like 30 miles or something. And I'm riding back to the hotel um, in Spokane. And I'm on roads. First off, the bugs that were hitting my face were crazy. I had to drive through a crazy little town in Rockford. Y'all know my love for Rockford, Illinois. A little shout out to everybody, even though I was in Rockford, Washington. Took a little picture over there in Rockford, Illinois. It was cool. Um, plus, I got to get off the bike and not worry about hitting anything. Um, I had a little road rage. Somebody almost ran me off the road on the side. The guy was pissed off that I was going a little bit too slow for him because I was concerned that I was going to hit him an elk or that a bear was going to jump out of the roads because as you're driving along, it says like wild game crossing and there's, there's moose and elk out there and there's, there's bears and shit. So I didn't want to hit a bear. So I was going a little bit slower than anticipated. Plus back roads on a Harley. Yeah. Not a lot of light. Plus I've never really been there. I was taking my time. Um, woke up the next morning, Saturday morning. Uh, and by the way, Jeff left Friday. So I was just kind of chilling solo. Saturday morning, I woke up. I got a lot of work done in the morning and then headed over to the event again, which is great food that ran all the way whole, the whole, through the whole thing. And then fire and smoke happened that night out there. Um, I went back to the event that night. They had a little after party. And then I went back to after the after party uh, where I talked to some great guys. There's a chef out there. Um, I can't remember his last name. It's Travis. He uh, runs a Mexican spot that was just beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the names of a couple of these things later on, but, uh, headed back into uh, the hotel. And then I flew out Sunday morning and I couldn't wait to get home. Um, so this week I'm actually right now I'm in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Um, I got to chill out with my girls for the day, went out to breakfast, took a nap, which was beautiful and so well needed. Uh, my girls were laying with me. So y'all know my, uh, my, you know, know how much I hate, uh, not being these guys. So, um, Flew down to North Carolina, where I am right now. Today is Thursday. Uh, actually, I'm recording a day early before tomorrow um, because I'm opening a restaurant down here. Uh, my partner, uh, Dave, he and I um, are opening up a great little place down here called Uncle Buzzy's. Uh, it's just fun fried food, man. You know, it was a great opportunity for me to have a lot of fun and creativity uh, in a different kind of outlet. Not a full service restaurant. The place is all to go. Um, we've got a great crew in the kitchen. Um, we're doing some really fun food with some really neat stuff. Uh, we're doing, you know, we're doing corn dogs, but it's my batter of a corn dog that we're doing um, that we're having some fun with. With the, we're doing a spicy batter, which has got some great sriracha in there and a couple of pureed up peppers and whatnot. And uh, we're doing, you know, uh, uh, bigger than bigger than it's bigger in Texas. We're doing some chicken fried steak and we're doing some fun stuff with pork. Uh, we're, we're just having fun, man. That's kind of the whole idea of this space and this place. And um, next week, I really want to talk to everybody about uh, the hospitality stuff and, and our responsibility as consumers, where we can go in and make a difference in the in the restaurant and help these guys make that change. So um, that's kind of what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave it that way for this week. I just wanted you guys to, to get a recap of kind of where I've been for the last couple of weeks and what's been going on. Um, 
so that I don't have to spend an entire hour next week talking about it. I can just do a 20 minute half hour for you guys here. So, um, so that's what I got for you. I want to thank you guys all so much for chilling out and listening to me in this crazy little world that I've had over the last bunch of weeks. I'm going to be home for an entire month. Um, I have a couple little things to do before I get back out to Washington. I'm going out to hang out with the Idaho Potato Board. Um, we're going to go out and do some harvesting in Washington and I'm chilling out with everybody out there. I'm so excited with Lamb Weston and all those guys to get out there. Uh, my friend Emily Nordy, who puts this on, I'm in her marketing company. Uh, but I'm going to be home for a full month with the exception of a quick trip to New York and a couple little day runs. Day runs. Um, but uh, I'm super excited. Can't wait for you guys to hear some of the new guests we're prepared that we're bringing back into everybody. I'm really excited about some of these people. Um, I will say this one thing. Uh, we're super close right now. We're finalizing Pippi Longstocking. Tammy Aaron, man. I cannot wait to talk to Tammy Aaron. So uh, that's what I have. Thank you guys so much. As always, got to thank the super awesome people that do this show down there at RadioInfluence.com with the Jerry and Jason. Uh, they has got some new studios down there. Got a whole new office in St. Pete's. Super stoked for those guys about that. And I can't wait to get down there and see all my good friends anyway, because I miss them to death. And it's been about a year, man, since I've really been down there. And I've got to get down because I know Ian Beckles and I have some shit we got to talk about. Plus my girl, Kathy on air. You know, you got to get down there and see the see the crew. Um, but uh, yeah, so thank the boys down at RadioInfluence.com. Check out some of the other podcasts that they've going on. They have a really cool marijuana podcast that's been doing le- recently that's really neat. So hop on there and take a uh, take a gander. Listen to what they have to say. Michelle out there, Techno Solutions, she's beautiful. She's amazing. All the hard work that she does, she does a tremendous amount of stuff. Menu design and boards and menu uh, boards and whatnot for all the clients that I work with and including in uh, this new place that we're opening down here. She did a great job. Uh, Maggie Gagliardi, who does all of our uh, promo pieces and everything. She's awesome. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody. All right. Have a great week. I love you all. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a Jim Fannin Show Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The boss, the owner, the manager, uh, the department head, you got to have your finger on the pulse and know every single thought. You don't manage people, you influence thoughts. And if you want your profit and loss statement to change, go through every single line item. We've talked about this before. Thoughts need to change per line item if you want numbers to change. You got red numbers, you got to change vendor thoughts. Prospect thoughts, customer thoughts, support team thoughts, third party. And as the boss and as the department head, as the CEO, as the leader of your team, when there is really tough times, people are looking at you and they can read you. You have a negative thought, you're broadcasting through your physical body language. The Jim Fannin Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.